Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoked Podcast. This is the week four preview. I'm your host, Alex, a.k.a. Bullship One. I got my bro, Holt Smash, on the line. I think Mr. J.B. Brooks might be joining us in spirit and maybe in an actual voice form at the end. Holt Smash, what's up? Not much, man. Just... Hanging out. Um, really excited for this week four. Uh, finally got some good matchups to talk about. Um, you know, the last few weeks have been, like, really boring. A lot of boring games, but this week we got a lot of really good matchups and a lot of kind of toss-up games. For sure. I was thinking about that as well. As JB just sent us the picks for the games, or for the games we're going to do the picks at the end of the show, um, there's a shit ton of games we're picking this week, and that's probably just the uh, the – just because there's so many good games this week and so many true toss-ups this week. Right. I mean, you look at besides Alabama and LSU, I mean, pretty much every other SEC game aside from Arkansas-San Jose State has a chance to be a really good game. Um, there's a lot of lines within a touchdown. And, I mean, even the Georgia-Notre Dame game, even though it's a you know over a two-touchdown line, um, you know, it is a top-ten matchup. And, you know, Notre Dame was in the playoff last year, so – a lot of intrigue on that game, and just a lot of games that could really go either way. Is there a chance you'll buy an extra two TVs so you can have a five TV set up in the living room? Uh, man, that's a, that's a dream. Um, I feel like know, it's I actually, like a drug I really model. do want us to. I really do want us to get like a new TV and like split like like split the cost and have like just a huge TV for the living room. I feel like that'd be really awesome. I feel it's like a like a drug or like a slippery slope because like once you have like like the second TV, man, this is pretty awesome. I think I could do another TV, and then it just keeps going on until you're pretty soon having your very own Buffalo Wild Wings in the house. Well, I mean, are you saying that's a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, it just – it almost, like, I don't know what point it's – I don't know if there is a point where, like, it's going to, like, be like, oh, there's too many TVs. Like, I want to be be rich enough one day, like, where you have a TV while you're taking a dump in the bathroom. I think that's the dream. Yeah, that's a pretty good dream to have. Um, my dream is uh, honestly like one of those like, have you seen like those waffle makers that are like over like eight hundred dollars? No, I didn't know that was such a thing. because I know waffle house that makes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that's kind of like that's kind of like my standard for like I know I made it win. Like <laughs> when I get one of those like like super expensive waffle makers, like that's when I'll know. You do have a dishwasher now, so you don't have to hand wash dishes. So I think you might have already made that's it. That's exactly right. right. I move up a little bit every time moving to a new house. The first time uh, I didn't have a dishwasher, 
And then, you know, I didn't have a washer and dryer and I'm just taking like one step up. Maybe next time I'll have a garage. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. So we're going to, we're going to set up a lineup here. This is going to be kind of a uh, free form. We're going to obviously talk about all the SEC games. We're going to talk about what's going on around the country, some of their games, some of the big games going on this weekend and um, just whatever comes, whatever else comes to our mind. Like for instance, I'm just curious, Hold, have you had anything good to eat lately? Anything worth mentioning, like, on the podcast? Like, did you go to Central today or have Mexican or Huey's, your big three in Memphis? Uh, no, I did not. But I did go to Houston Steakhouse. Oh. Um, ever. Yeah, so Behind keep a lookout for Fat Friday. Yeah, keep a lookout on, for our Twitter page for Fat Friday because there may or may not be a really awesome picture of a roast beef au jus from <laughs> – Remember Dumb and Dumber? Um, I always think about that. Every, every time, like every time, like someone says that, I think about that. But it was probably the best like I've ever had. And then I had some key lime pie for dessert. And that key lime pie was like life changing. It was like I think it was like half pecan, half graham cracker crust. Oh my god, it was so good. Man, you really you really balling out lately. Yeah. Well, someone else paid so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, I made a lot of things happen. Before. I was getting shit done. <laughs> uh, now I think I'm a I don't I haven't been to Houston's in a while, but I think what I got last time was the Hawaiian ribeye. You obviously will have to go with some kind mm-hmm. of, and usually the steak is what I get, and usually the ribeye yeah. wherever I go is pretty. I good. was definitely I was definitely eyeballing the Hawaiian ribeye, um, but you know I didn't want to be, you know I didn't want to be pushing anything. I just wanted to keep it simple. Good, just go with the sandwich. Plus I'd heard it it'd been really good. Uh, my dad used to eat there all the time, and he always talked about that. So, I had to give it a shot. That is that is indeed big time. I don't think I've had anything noteworthy to share. I did. Um, you will be a little disappointed in me because I did, of course, uh, go to a wedding on Saturday that was longer than you would have wanted to for sure, Holt. Because that was um, it was in North Carolina, so it was a day of driving plus getting ready for the wedding and going to the wedding where there wasn't TV. So. Um, I didn't get to watch as much football as I did, did as I wanted to, but I did, of course, watch the Memphis game on ESPNU against South Alabama. But I say that all to say that for the wedding reception, they had some like kind of roast beef au jus that was pretty good as well, um, and some <laughs> baked chicken that was okay. But the roast roast beef was like the that was the winner. That and they had some mac and cheese that got tore up. Um, I was um, I was sitting at the table. And everybody wanted some mac and cheese, so I got I got mac and cheese for the table for my second plate. And I went back there, had to go to like the special room for the second helping of mac and cheese, and um, I just filled that bitch up my plate with mac and cheese. <laughs> and the lady, of course, was like looking at me, and I just felt like so, but this is like such a fat ass. Was, like this is for my whole table, I promise. And like she was just waiting to like get her mac and cheese, and like almost took the whole thing from her. It was dang, like, yeah, it was tough. But you got to do well, it. you know. You- did you give a good gift? Because, I mean, I feel like as long as you give a gift that's worth as much as, uh, you know, you ate and drank while you were there, then that's that's a, that's a win. It, it was you, a close call. even. My, uh, my name was definitely on the gift. I'll just give you that. <laughs> <laughs> I could see you, like, going down the list and, like, like literally, like, the day that it comes out, like, the day they send it out to everybody, like, the list of all the gifts they want, and, like, the cheapest thing they have. Oh, just put your, put definitely your name see that. Put your name on the gift as the, like people are dropping it off. And Alex. <laughs> and Alex. Hold, quick question for you. If there was an SEC mascot battle royal, who would win? 
Oh, man. That is... Well, I mean, Alabama's mascot is a freaking elephant, so I feel like that would probably be pretty hard to beat. Is there any backstory to that? Because I, I, I mean, I'm sure there is, but I still haven't learned why exactly it's an elephant. No, there is. It was like, I don't know, I think like some sports writer in the 20s, probably something like that. I think it's something along those lines. They said they look like elephants or something. I don't know. I don't remember. Who cares? It doesn't matter. So you could you could this say, is this isn't that the Alabama history podcast. True. What um, about the the tiger and the gator have some to say? I'm sure, right? Yeah, tiger is definitely a pretty vicious animal. I mean, what about like the volunteer at Tennessee? Like, I feel like that could be like a person. And I yeah, mean, that, like does he have, like does he have a, like a gun or like some kind of weapon? Like, I don't know. That's that's Davy. Not no, not Davy Craig. Daniel Boone at at App State. I don't know, man. I, I get them mixed up. I, I just we we know one thing. They'd be the first one out with the tigers and elephants and gators. I think they'd be the first one out. But the bulldogs, I don't know if they would. I don't think they would last either. Holt. But like, I mean, which? No, I don't think so either. But like, which like tiger would win between Auburn and LSU? Is like oh, and Missouri. I, mean, I feel and Missouri. like that would have to be a tie. Oh yeah, I forgot. Well, everybody forgets about Missouri. But I mean, what about like the Gamecocks? I feel like that's probably pretty. I mean, vicious. Maybe right. Um, if if you were asking me, I would say I would say the LSU Tiger probably, and then the, maybe the Gator after that. Yeah, I'd probably say elephant first, and then the Tiger, <laughs> and then the Gator after that. Elephant's what you're supposed to say when you sneeze, right? I think to like make it stop or no hiccup or something like that. I forgot it was like a thing in elementary school. I digress. Never. Mind. I digress anyway. <laughs> but I, I feel like the Georgia Bulldog would definitely come in last because like. Uh, I mean, just seeing their bulldog mascot on the sideline, like it's just not does not look very healthy and very, uh, you know, active. <laughs> I say I ask that question, of course, Holt, in reference to uh, Mike Leach's like two minute long rant about which Pac-12 mascot will win a battle royal. And whenever somebody tweeted it with a video, like I was just I was hoping it was going to be as good as it was, and it did not disappoint. I just love personally how good of a coach he is and how not serious he takes himself at the same time it's a complete contrast from yeah been who's serious all the time yeah it's a, it's really refreshing to have like a coach like that who's just very um you know just says what's on his mind and doesn't really apologize for anything and just is definitely a very out there thinker uh just kind of cool to see and could you, uh could you imagine if somebody asked Saban who would win an SEC mascot battle royal? Um, I assume he'd probably say something along the lines of like that's not that has nothing to do with the process and <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're just gonna uh, like Southern Mississippi this week, okay? <laughs> I think that's what Yeah. The only mascot the only mascot I'm focused on is the Golden Eagles. Yeah. Speaking of this game hole. Um, the, of course, they complained about the 11 a.m. slash noon Eastern kickoff time. But, you know, Southern Miss is one of those teams. They're not a Power 5 team, but they uh, they have historically had a pretty decent football team at, in Southern Miss. Um, are you? I know you're probably not excited about this, but what's the first thing you think about in this game? Hope. Oh. Sorry about that. Um, have...
Yeah, well, the first thing I think of in this game is just how many is Alabama going to win by. I mean, there isn't really much else um, that I'm thinking about in this game. Um, I do know that Southern Miss is a kick returner who is kickoffs for touchdowns. So, I mean, I guess that's one thing to watch out for. But, you know, he hasn't gone up against anyone like what he's going to see at Alabama. So, um, definitely don't expect too much out of this game. It's a 38-and-a-half 30, point line. And um, I think Alabama is going to win this game pretty easily. The real question is going to be, like, you know, is are they going to get that running game going? Because, I mean, you know, like we talked about on the recap, you know, 25 carries for, like, 76 yards against South Carolina. Just they're really struggling to get that running game going. I think it's mostly the offensive line. It's not the running back talent. I mean, we know that, you know, I mean, we saw that run that Najee had after the catch last week and, you know, just what he's capable of. It's just, you know, the offensive line isn't really – being that dominant unit right now. That's a good breakdown, Holt. And I would uh, agree with you. I think, obviously, Alabama's going to win by a lot. And actually, if I was picking the game, I would say Alabama would cover the 38.5-point spread. Um, although they didn't cover against South Carolina, I did bet on them last week. Um, but Were you watching? Uh, yes. Because, I mean, South Carolina scored on, like, the last play of the game to cover. Yeah. I was like – so freaking pissed. Well, actually, I take that back. I didn't. I didn't watch that part. So I just saw the final score. I didn't get to see the like how they end up not covering. But yeah, um, a couple of things here. Hold. Um, yeah, I would agree with you about Najee Harris. I want to see him going as well. And I don't know about you, Holt. He he obviously doesn't play like Derrick Henry yet. But to me, he just looks like Derrick Henry. How big he is, and he's got that long hair too, which is a big back. He reminds me a lot of him in the way I think he will eventually play is going to be like him. Um, but what I was going to say, hold the first thing I think about this Southern Miss Alabama game is the Tyrone pro throw catch from like, I don't know, 15 years ago now, 12 years ago, 2005, Ah, 14. I was close, close where I feel like you might've been with me watching that game, but I'm not, I, I actually doubt it, but you might've, uh, I was at my dad's house in Cordova when that happened. Okay. I remember because, we didn't even actually see the play live uh, because my dad's a big Alabama fan and he like changed the channel because uh, they were losing like 21 to 10 or something. It was like almost halftime uh, when that play happened. Uh, so he actually like changed the channel like out of anger That's like funny. and missed that play. That's funny. It's it's hard to think like how much has changed since then. Obviously, Saban wasn't the coach at the time. But at the time, Southern Miss was a really good team and they still they still aren't that bad but the separation between like the haves and have nots and college football has gotten even wider so especially with Alabama State having saving there so it's, it's not gonna be a close game but that was one thing I remember about this game where I think about when I whenever I see these two teams play is the pressure catch um, you know everybody says the OBGA catch was one of the great catches in the NFL with the one-handed catch uh, but was that pressure catch probably the best college catch you've ever seen I mean, it was one of the best I've ever seen for sure. Um, I'm having a hard time thinking of one like off the top of my head. You kind of put yeah. me on the spot with that one. But, um, you know, I mean, that was a pretty amazing catch. I remember that. And uh, you never you know, really... Alabama actually came coming back and winning that game. That was actually a year Alabama started off like 10-0 and 0 or something before they lost to LSU in overtime. Yeah, the Brody. Uh, that was like – yeah, that was like Mike Shula's one good year at Alabama. But, yeah, I mean, that was a great catch and – you know, Southern Miss, definitely not what they used to be. Um, still a solid program, though, and they're a pretty solid defensive team. Um, and they can, you know, the quarterback can throw a little bit, and they got some good receivers. But, 
you know, they don't really have much of a running game to speak of at all. So I really expect Alabama to, uh, you know, be able to focus in on the pass game and it's going to be hard for uh, the quarterback to get anything going. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Prothor never really had a great, great careers because of those injuries that nasty injury, I think it was against Florida when they finally beat him. Um, but he was a good receiver at the time. Um, other games, the the big question of the week hold is which line are you more willing to bet on the Tennessee Florida game at fourteen points or the Notre Dame Georgia game at fourteen points? That yeah, that's a really tough one. Um, In fact, I really don't feel comfortable betting any of these SEC lines this week. They they yeah. all just seem like kind of tricky to me. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, I mean. I mean, they really do. Um, You know, I'd probably say Notre Dame just because um, I feel like they really have a lot to prove in this one. Um, No one's really given them much of a chance at all. And, you know, they're kind of like, as far as like the best teams in college football go, they're kind of like the, you know, the redheaded stepchild. um, Yeah, they're in the top Uh, 10, but nobody gives them credit. Right. Like, Like no one actually thinks like they're that good. It's just like, you know, they had to go to the playoff last year because they were undefeated and they beat Michigan and whatever. But like, you know, they were not a great team and then they got blown out by Clemson. And I think they're just, you know, they really want to prove themselves in this one. Um, it's a really big game for them. And I mean, it's a big game for Georgia too, but I don't think they look at it the same way that Notre Dame does. And I also think Georgia, you know, I mean, obviously they haven't been tested yet, but you know, I still have some questions about Georgia this year, especially um, the wide receivers and, you know, the defense has, has played well so far, but they haven't, you know, faced an offense that could really do anything. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this game goes. I definitely would, uh, you know, between those two, I, I definitely think the Georgia-Notre Dame game has a chance to be a closer game. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, I think Tennessee-Florida could be a close game too. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. You know, it's obviously a rivalry game, and Tennessee has gotten a little – and, uh, you know, Florida is – had some really ugly wins, so, so um, you know, and obviously they're playing a backup quarterback, so, I mean, anything could happen. Yeah, a couple of things that you said there, Holt. Um, about Notre Dame, you know, that first game, I think it was Labor Day game uh, against Louisville, they they ended up winning, but they didn't start out so great, but I, I just kind of attribute that to Louisville being at home and just playing on fire with a lot of energy and emotion in the first, you know, half. But, you know, I, I do give Notre Dame a lot of credit for settling down in the second half, making adjustments and and coming back and just kind of dominating the second half. So I still think they're a decent top 10 team or like I, I think they're worthy of being top 10 um, personally. But like, for instance, if you had to put Notre Dame up against Florida, I would trust Notre Dame more than Florida right now. Oh, yeah, no, I would, too. Um, you know, I think that would actually be a pretty even matchup, but. You know, between the two, Notre Dame been more consistent, more, you know, I guess just more solid team. I mean, I, mean, I guess against uh, Louisville, that wasn't the best game they could have played, but they had some bad turnover luck um, in that game. Um, you know, and Louisville played really well. Um, you got to give them some credit, too. Scott Satterfield definitely is a good coach, and he has Louisville playing pretty well. So, you know, I don't want to take too much away from that. And it was a road game on top of that. Uh, to start the season. So, you know, I coming into this game, Notre Dame, I mean, if – I don't know if you're ready to start breaking this game down or not, but 
you know, obviously the one thing everyone's talking about, you know, Georgia's averaging 286 uh, rushing yards a game and Notre Dame is allowing 230 rushing yards a game. So you put those two things together and, uh, you know, it sort of looks like Georgia's going to be able to do whatever they want on offense as far as like run the ball over Notre Dame. Um, so it's really going to come down to whether or not Notre Dame can slow down that running game. Yeah, it will. Hold this game's going to be close to – it's going to be a sellout. And I think this is the blackout game. And this is going to be like a, the cheapest ticket you can find hold is around $400. You personally, would you rather pay $400 for a top game like this for if, – if Mississippi State was number three and they were playing – Notre Dame at home would you would you personally rather pay for that ticket or like watch it at home or go watch it in a bar with all your friends you know I mean it's obviously uh you know I I don't I don't make a lot of money so probably would just prefer to watch it at home uh but it's really hard to beat that game day atmosphere especially for a really big game um when that you know the crowd has the electricity to it and uh, especially like the pregame and just all the excitement yeah. and all that stuff. It's definitely really cool to be a part of that. But, you know, maybe one day when I got a ton of money, I'll, you know. Well, we gotta, when, yes. you, you have to get the waffle maker first. Yeah. After the waffle maker, then uh, expensive game tickets. I'll be like the Marlins man of college <laughs> football. <laughs> right. I, I actually, I differ from you. And that I would actually probably like to go watch this game. I'm I'm probably going to go watch this game at a bar. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to Athens to watch this game or go to Athens and pay for the four hundred dollars ticket because I'm not a Georgia fan. But and I don't want to spend four hundred dollars on the game. But um, being around a lot of fans um, watching the game together makes it just the energy level so much more fun. I think it can be kind of annoying at times. But the I know I think your biggest beef with watching the game at bars that you can't hear and you can't just like concentrate on what's going on because there's so much going around but usually at the bars if like for instance in Atlanta everybody's going to be having this game on they'll probably have the sound on as well for this game yeah I mean to me watching the game in public if it's a big game that I don't care about and it's fine um it's just you know when, you, when you're at the bar like it's just hard to concentrate on the game because yeah. there's so many people around you and like people talking to you and talking yeah. to each other and you know, it's just you're not really concentrated on the game. Um, but if it's my team playing, I definitely do not want to be in public. Um, I either want to be, like, at the game or in my house. Yeah, especially if your team's not doing well in public. It's just – it's not a good combo. No, definitely not. I mean, on one hand, it's kind of good because, you know, you can uh, – you know, you're not going to let loose too much or let it all out. You're just going to hold it in a little bit more and – uh, you know, not make a scene. Um, but uh, no, I mean, it's definitely, you know, I guess it's up to each person. But, you know, I know for me, like, if I'm watching a game in public, I'd much rather be a game that I don't really care about and I can just kind of enjoy it. And, um, you know, if I miss a little bit of it, it's no big deal. And if something happens, it's crazy, like, you know, it's fine, but I'm not going to be like, you know, my emotions aren't going to be, you know, swung one way or the other because of it. What's the loudest you've ever gotten for a game? Like happy or upset? Yeah, happy. Uh, like ball game or anything? Any, I, I guess anything. But I was thinking more. I, I think it would have to be something Mississippi State is, even though they disappoint you more often than not. I feel like there's something, some game that stands out there for you. Um. Well, I mean, I don't know about 
getting loud. Probably when I was a student, I definitely got loud a few times. Um, I can't think of like any game specifically. Um, I can definitely remember some games getting really mad uh, and getting being loud. As far as being happy and being loud, that's, I mean, I don't know. Usually like when good things happen, I'm more like, like not quiet, but just uh, like, I usually don't like yell when I'm happy. I usually just like, you know, it's almost kind of like a relief. It's hard to say. Like, it's almost just kind of like, oh, my God. Like, you know, you can just finally take, like, a deep breath. Yeah. You know, it's usually when, like, things are going bad when when I get, like, upset and, like, yell and curse or something. When Memphis beat Ole Miss in football and they beat UCLA um, in football, those early 11 a.m. games on ABC, I got, like, pretty, pretty loud where I was, like, bumping 3-6 in between commercials. <laughs> Getting pretty wild for me. Um, let's talk about this Tennessee-Florida game for a split-second hold. Um, you said earlier that Tennessee is improving uh, each game. I think you can kind of see that. I think most fans would agree with that. But it's it's kind of funny because Tennessee ha- has gotten shat on. I think that's the proper sense of shit. Shat on the most, I think, in the country for losing to Georgia State at home and the way they've lost to BYU. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because you do go through the SEC power rankings and you want to put Tennessee in you know, the bottom half or – 13 or 14 or something like that just because they lost to Georgia State. But they don't look – to me, they don't look as bad as Ole Miss or Arkansas. Or at least they have a lot more potential than those two schools. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so as well. I mean, they definitely recruited a high level. And, um, you know, they have a huge fan base and great stadium and all that stuff. So, you know, I mean, I could definitely see that. Um, you know, it's just this week, um, you know, I mean, you just want to take another step forward. Um Probably not going to get the win. Uh, I feel like that's almost definitely not going to happen. Um, but, you know, if they go down there and they play a close game and they're able to put forward on the ropes a little bit, then, you know, that's definitely something to build on going forward. It's kind of like um, if you remember you know, if you remember the Georgia-Tennessee game last year. Tennessee didn't win, but they, they looked like they were getting better and they were actually competing with Georgia, which was super surprising last year. Yeah, definitely. And that's just what you want to see. I mean, you just want to see them be competitive. Um, and I think they will be. Um, it's just it's just going to come down to um, are they able to stop the run and force um, Trask to throw the ball? And are they able to run the ball themselves on offense? Because, you know, as – I mean, I, pretty much any time I talk about Florida, I'm going to say this, but, you know, Todd Grantham's going to do whatever he can to stop the run, and you're going to have to hit big plays in the passing game. And I think Garantano has the ability to do that. And I think they got the receivers to do that. Um, it's just the offense has been so inconsistent that it's hard to see uh, that coming together, you know, in a road game like this. Trash can very quickly turn into trash, I think, on Twitter. I think that's like a quick way to say, like, I think that's what could happen. It could be like Kyle Trash. Why Why is he even playing over Emory Jones? I mean, Emory Jones played last year. I think he still preserved his red shirt, but Dan Mullen put him in situations last year, I think even against Georgia where – he was playing a little bit. Why would he not play over Trask? Is, is there something that we just don't know about how bad Emory Jones is at throwing the ball? Um, I mean, I think it may have more to do with Trask, honestly. You know, um, I haven't heard anything about Emory Jones specifically, um, but Trask being like a, you know, upperclassman and someone who, you know, a lot of people think would have won the job in uh, fall camp last year had he not injured his ankle. Um you know, it just it just seems like he's got a good grasp of the offense and, um, 
that his teammates really respect him and play hard for him. And, yeah, I said this on the recap uh, the other day, but it just really looked like Florida's whole offense just took a big step forward um, when he came in the game. I mean, they all just stepped their game up. The offensive line blocked better. Uh, the receivers were getting open. They ran a lot of, like, short routes for him. Um, and, uh, you know, were able to make some make a guy miss and get some yards after the catch. So, um I was definitely impressed to see that offense come together like that, and hopefully they play, you know, well this week as well. Um, and, um, you know, as far as Tennessee goes, uh, you know, you just got to mix things up and try to give them some unique looks. And, you know, Dan Mullen really does struggle against a 3-4 defense. Um, that's one thing that I can definitely say from watching him and his time at Mississippi State is um, when he goes up against those 3-4 defenses – um, they really do seem to have his number a little bit and they're able to get those numbers in the box and make it hard for uh, Florida to run the ball. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. Is this a game you feel comfortable enough to pick? As in line? Um, you know, I I mean, 14 points in a rivalry game uh, is with a, a team with a backup quarterback that hasn't even looked good really at all this year. I mean, it's hard for me to do that. Uh, if I had to pick a side in this one, I'd probably take Tennessee. But the way Tennessee's played this year, like, I'm not betting on them. It's um, it's tough. The spread always just compute, freaks me out because it's like a it's like a true or false uh, quiz when you're like, oh, it's 50-50. It should be easy here. But you can really talk yourself into picking either way for the spread. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that's the point, too, is just um, to get equal bets on both sides. But um, – you no, know, you just – I mean, that is what, what it is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. The, the whole point is to get equal bets on both sides or the same amount of people uh, betting on both sides. So, um, not just – like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. Uh, it's 15 like, no, catch hold. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, <But. laughs> I'm going to cut you off there before you just keep, keep digging yourself a hole there. Um what out-of-conference game are you most excited about? I mean, I besides Notre Dame-Georgia, well, or, oh, you just mean like not an SEC at all? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you meant like – I wasn't sure if you meant like SEC out-of-conference or, yeah. or what. Um, yeah, I think Michigan and Wisconsin has a chance to be a really good game. Um, you know, Wisconsin's defense, I'm pretty sure, hasn't even given up a point yet this season. Zero points, according to our stat. Yeah. Our stat guy tweeted that out. Yeah. Two games, two shutouts um, for Wisconsin so far. So, um, you know, obviously I haven't faced a great offense, but let's be real, Michigan's not a great offense either. And uh, do you know what the football ESPN's FPI, Football Power Index, has uh, as a percentage for Michigan to win this game? It's at Wisconsin. So I would say for Michigan to win this game, I would still think Wisconsin's favorite. I would say it's like 45% Michigan or 40% Michigan. So for Michigan to win this game, FPI has it at twenty nine point eight percent. Do you trust that? That's the question. I mean, you know, it seems like Michigan is the you know the brand, like the team everybody knows. People talk about them like possibly going to the playoff and like all this stuff. But I mean, it's really hard not to pick Wisconsin in this one. I mean, I, I feel like that's about right. I mean. To be honest, um, in fact, I would say this three and a half point Wisconsin line is one that I'd feel a little bit more confident in. 
um, not still your thunder hole, but Wisconsin has one of the best defenses in the country on and add Jonathan Taylor on top of that, probably one of the best running backs in the country, not statistically yet, but over the past two years he was, and I think he will be by the end of the year. Um, that just makes a bad combo. You're, you're asking him, you're going to basically shut down the Michigan offense. Who's not really great to begin with. And then you have Jonathan Taylor going up against a good defense, of course, but, um, it's going to control control the clock and time of possession. I think it's going to be tough for Michigan to really get anything going offensively. Yeah, I mean, Michigan Army, you know what I mean? Like, what are they going to do against – yeah. I just don't know if Michigan has anything passing game to that's going to worry uh, Wisconsin. I think they're going to be able to key in on the running game. I think they're going to be able to shut Michigan's offense down. And I think that's pretty much – I mean, I think that's pretty much the end of it. What's, um, I, you know, I think the, Michigan's defense could definitely like play really well. Also, I mean, I would definitely expect it to be like a little. You know, I don't know how Michigan's going to score in Wisconsin. I'm trying to think uh, for a second. What was the um, Michigan offensive coordinator that came from Alabama? Uh, I, I know it now. It's uh, Josh Gaddis. It was. Uh, he's supposed to. He was brought in to uh, from Alabama to Michigan to fix the offense, and it's only been two games, but. Nothing's really happened yet. And it's kind of crazy because Shea Patterson was number one quarterback coming out of high school. And I think if he had stayed at Ole Miss, he actually would have had a better uh, career than he has had at Michigan. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, he's been highly criticized and um, came in with all these expectations and he just really hasn't been that that guy. Um, You know, I mean, (laughs) recruiting is not an exact science, especially for quarterbacks. You know, just because you're really highly rated doesn't mean that you're going to be good. Uh, it just means you're talented. And I think he's talented, but he's not a good quarterback. I mean, you know, there's so much more that goes into being a good quarterback than talent. I mean, you got to be a leader. You got to know the offense. You got to know where to go with the ball. You got to make good decisions. And uh, he's just not always that guy. And I think he has been hampered a little bit by the offense just because, you know, they haven't really had a very good offensive uh coaching staff I mean they just you know I, I still like Gattis a lot um, I think he deserves a lot of credit but for what happened at Alabama last year but at the same time um, you know I, I'm not sure how much of this offense is actually him and how much of it is hardball I mean it's just hard to say but through the first couple of games it doesn't look like they're much different than last year right there's a lot of good out of conference games I don't want to spend too much time because I do want to cover the SEC games but um, some of the big games I'm looking forward to besides that Michigan-Wisconsin game is the Oklahoma State-Texas game with all the offense uh, from both those teams, especially Oklahoma State. Uh, their offense looks unreal at times. Um, still second to Oklahoma for offense, but Oklahoma State's offense looks really good. Um, the BYU-Washington game, to me, is kind of a sneaky good game. Washington lost last week to to Cal, and that was kind of an upset. BYU hasn't looked too bad to beat uh, USC and Tennessee um, and lost to Utah. So I think that's going to be a good game as well. I think Washington should win that game, but still a good game. And then um, I don't know about you, Holt, but I'm excited because there's actually two really good Friday night games with Utah, USC, and Air Force, Boise State. I'm kind of excited about both those games. Oh, yeah. I think both those sh- games uh, should be really good. Um, you know, obviously Air Force, uh, eight and a half point underdog at Boise State. And, you know, Utah, USC, Utah's, you know, only a four point favorite. Um, you know, so. That game, obviously, being at USC, um, huge game for the Trojans coming off a overtime loss to BYU on the road last week. Um, you know, obviously not a conference game, but, you know, they 
they come into commerce play this week. They're already one to know, you know, with that win over Stanford. So uh, they can get a win this game. I mean, they're on their way to a pretty, you know, solid season, even after that loss to BYU. And for Utah, you know, they're a team that I think a lot of people have picked uh, to win their division, including me. And uh, obviously this is the first big road test uh, in conference. Yes, it should be a fun, exciting game. That's a game I feel a little bit more comfortable betting on Utah. But then again, like you said, Holt, um, it is 50-50. Um, you said it in a roundabout. Yeah, that's what I that's said. That's what I think you're trying to say. Um, last out-of-conference question before we switch over to SEC again. Um, UCF, I think, is probably considered the best group of five team at the moment. They beat Stanford last week, and they play at Pittsburgh this week. Do you think they have enough to compete with a top five team right now, like a Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, any of those teams? Is that Penn remote? No, UCF. Oh, okay. I thought you said beat Pitt last week. I'm so confused. No, they played Pittsburgh this week. They beat Stanford last week. Oh, uh, gotcha. Okay. No, I don't. Does that answer your question? <laughs> very, very simple. I do. I, I love and hate UCF for what they are and what they're not. What they're not. I guess that makes sense because they're they're a really good team, but they're um, probably not as good as they think they are. Unfortunately, but I would like to see them play in a. Um, it's just game. such a shame that like Stanford has played so shitty all, because that was like their like one chance to play someone good, and then like Pitt is the other power five team they're playing. They're one and two already, so yeah, it's just like, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I do wish that they, I wish they would have just taken that series with Florida and played that series. Um, yeah, you know, I wish, you know, I, I wish they got more opportunities, but. You know, when you're not a group of five or we're not a power five team, you know, you need to try to have as many power five games as you can. Um, you know, I'm not saying that all four your non-conference games should be, but I mean, if you're serious about wanting to be in the playoff, then you probably should make all four of them power five teams. So it's going to be a CBS doubleheader hole with Georgia Notre Dame for the night game, the primetime game, and then the 2:30 Central game is the Auburn-Texas A&M. This one's Auburn at A&M with A&M a three-and-a-half point favorite. This one's really, really exciting for me, too, and this is why I think it's a good week of football because um, this is, to me, a true toss-up game. I don't know about you, Hull. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I honestly wasn't even sure who was going to be favored when I looked. Usually, like, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what the line should be, but in this one, um, I feel like I could have seen either team favored. Texas A&M is a three-point favorite, which basically means that it would be, you know, a pick them on a neutral field um, since this game is at Texas A&M. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing that you look at for this game is Auburn's running game. Uh, they really got it going last week, but the first few weeks they kind of struggled. Um, you know, and Texas A&M's run defense has been outstanding so far this year. Um, you know, being able to hold Clemson down and then obviously there's uh, non-conference games against bad teams, but been really, really good against the run so far. And, you know, not too bad against the pass either. You know, coming into the year, that was our question on AM was that secondary, and they've they've held up so far. So that's definitely good to see. Um, and then obviously being at home, uh, I just think that the game favors Texas A&M just a little bit because uh, I just think that they have a chance to win that matchup. And then on the other side, you know, Kellen Mond, uh, going up against this Auburn defense, um, you know, I don't think he's going to, you know, go, go crazy or anything like that, but I definitely expect him to have a solid game. And I, 
expect him to outperform his counterpart <laughs> in Bo Nix, uh, his first true road start. Um, so I would definitely lean towards AM in this one. Yeah, that's what's weird for me, Holes. For some reason, I, I kind of want to pick Auburn in this game, but what I'm not comfortable doing is picking Auburn knowing that you have to trust Bo Nix on the road and Kellen Mond is probably a lot better than him. Bo Nix, we've talked we talked him up a lot, and we've hyped him up, and the media's kind of hyped him up a lot as well. But he hasn't had a great freshman season to start. He's not horrible, but you just see you see flashes of greatness, what he could be, but you also see just a lot of inconsistency. You do, and, you know, obviously came in with a lot of hype and his dad playing there and all that stuff, but he hasn't played that great so far. He had the one uh, throw against – Oregon to win the was more the catch than it was him. And now, you know, I'm not saying it was a bad throw or anything like that. It was definitely good, but, um, you know, he didn't exactly play his best game and they they were still able to get the win. A lot of people kind of overlooked it because that last play, uh, the last few weeks, he hasn't played that great. Um, they really had to rely more on the running game, especially last week uh, to get the win and um, not huge numbers from him. So definitely going into this game, you would like to see him get a little bit more comfortable in the offense and kind of take a little bit more charge, able to uh, run this offense a little bit more effectively. How much confidence do you have in your home team hole playing Kentucky after watching them play last week? As, as in watching Mississippi State play last week, not watch Kentucky play last week. Yeah, it's it's uh, really interesting because I expected this game to be. Uh, it was it's it's come down to about six and a half, but it opened at about eight and a half. Um, you know, uh, I definitely did not feel great about state winning this game, but I mean, after seeing that line, I guess I do feel a little bit better because um, <laughs> that makes me think that people in Vegas know something that I don't. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, Kentucky's offense really stalled in the second half last week against Florida. Uh, Sawyer Smith came out, played a really good first half, but really struggled in the second half. And uh, they just weren't really able to move the ball and protect the ball. Um, so, you know, I mean, this – I don't really know what to say about Mississippi State right now. Um, I'm th- It's definitely still to be determined for this team. And coach. You know, they mo- – yeah, and uh, Tommy Stevens uh, looks like he's going to get the start. Um, after having to leave last week's game with uh, the last, actually the last two games with an injury in the second half. Um, so he looks like he's going to start this game and uh, Schrader, the freshman is going to, um, you know, probably play if something happens with Stevens and that shoulder. Um, but when Stevens has been in the offense has generally been pretty good. Um, so, you know, that's really what the game's going to come down to is, is Stevens healthy? Are they able to move the ball on offense? Because uh, uh, I definitely think that Kentucky is going to be able to uh, kind of ground and pound and keep the ball away from Mississippi State's offense. Um, you know, Kentucky is going to be able to run the ball in this game and kind of control the clock. Um, it's just going to come down to who's winning third down and who's winning the red zone. I mean, I say that about a lot of games, but this game specifically because Mississippi State's inability to stop the run. Huh. Are State fans optimistic slash confident and trader for the future? I know Stevens is the quarterback now, but – after he graduates, he moves on. Are they confident about Schrader? Because Schrader was a um, pretty highly recruited prospect coming in. Yeah, he was. And uh, obviously, he's Moorhead's guy. Moorhead recruited him, uh, you know, basically all throughout his high school career. Um, but, yeah, I think State fans are really high on Schrader. 
the way he played last week just showed a lot of toughness and um, moxie and confidence. Uh, even though his numbers really weren't that good, um, he, he, he just has like a. Um, he's just one that he's really confident. Like he's just he's just one of those guys that's kind of easy to get behind. Did he come out as a pro style quarterback dual threat? Because I saw him run a lot last week. Yeah, he was listed as a dual threat. Um, you know, definitely not uh, just a runner. He's supposed to be, you know, it's really like supposed to be good at both. Um, was listed as a dual threat on uh, at least a couple of the sites. I think some of them also had him as a pro style. So I guess it just depends on where you look. But, he's got a strong arm. Um, de- yeah, so he's got a good arm and, um, you know, he's got some running ability as well. And he's a really big guy. He's uh, still trying to put on some weight. So, uh, I think in the next year or two, he has a chance to be a, a really big guy and with some athletic ability and a good arm. Not to shit on Kentucky too much, because they do obviously have a very legitimate chance of winning this game. Um, but I think this is going to be Colin Hill's coming out party. Not that he already wasn't a big deal in college football. It's just I don't feel like not everybody knows that he's like the number three leading running back in the country or whatever it is, number four, top five lead running back in the country for yards Um, because they haven't played really great teams besides um, Kansas State last week. But I think think he's going to show out this week. I'm not sure. I'm not as confident in the Kentucky defense as I've been in the past, and I just think Colin Hill is going to show out for home. Yeah, I hope you're right. And, um, you know, Colin Hill has definitely been really exciting so far this year. Uh, You know, obviously when uh, Stevens is able to complete some passes, it really opens some things up for him. And uh, I think that's probably what's going to have to happen. He's going to come out, have to come out and complete some passes early in the game. And I kind of loosen up that defense a little bit. And then Collins should be able to, you know, clean up if that happens. Um, you know, when teams start having to pull guys out of the box, uh, that's really when he can uh, go to work. One week we're going to stop shitting on Kentucky, but it's not this week. Um, but I say that I think you did pick them to beat Florida last week, right? Uh, before the season, I did, but I did not last week. Uh, I switched my pick at the last moment after Terry Wilson got hurt. Um, so, unfortunately, no. But, uh, you know, Kentucky does have some really good – I wouldn't be surprised at all if Kentucky won this game. They got some really good running backs, Cavassier Smoke uh, being the lead one. Um, and State is uh, – you know, they're only averaging giving up 140 rushing yards a game, but uh, per play or per rush, that's probably a little bit different. Um that's actually a little bit um, not uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't really tell the whole story, I guess, when you look at that number because Kansas State was pretty much able to run the ball as much as they wanted to on Mississippi State. It's just that uh, Kansas State always had, like, really good field position, so they didn't put up, like, a ton of yards. So it made, like, State's defense look, like, a little bit better than it was. But, yeah. um, you know, they definitely, per rush or not – uh, able to stop the run, and Kentucky's offense is definitely kind of built around being able to run the ball. For sure. The other true toss-up game in the SEC is the Cal-Ole Miss game. This one is a, surprisingly a little bit more interested, more interesting than when the season started. You know, this is two Power 5 teams out of conference going up against each other, so it looks good on paper on the surface, but then you think about how bad Ole Miss is supposed to be this year and how bad the California is supposed to be this year, and it kind of lessens the excitement factor for this game but now uh we're going into week four here and this looks like an exciting game again this is another 11 a.m game which by the way hold i don't know if you noticed i feel like the 11 a.m time slot here is the time to watch five or six games at a time you got 
Southern Miss, Alabama, LSU, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Florida, California, Ole Miss, and then you have the Michigan-Wisconsin game as well. So a lot of big games going on at this 11 a.m. game. But this one's a true toss-up hole. I don't – California is ranked number 23 right now just because they beat Washington. But, um, you know, they're definitely surprising people with where they are right now. But I don't know if they're still that good, good enough team to come to Ole Miss and beat Ole Miss on the road. But they did beat Washington last week, so I don't know. Yeah, and, uh, you know, this is definitely a game that I had served before the season started. Um, it's a potential close game um, or trap game for Ole Miss. Um, California's office is definitely not the most exciting in the country, pretty bland and very productive. But defensively, they're a really good team, uh, especially against the past. They have one of the better secondaries in the country, um, you know, only lever- only averaging, giving up 185 yards per game in the air. So, a uh, really solid defensive unit uh, for Cal. Um, you know, I think this is a chance to be kind of a, a little bit of a low-scoring game. Um, I think if Ole Miss is going to win this one, they're going to need to run the ball. Um, we talked about last week getting uh, Jerry and Ely going. They did that. Um, not only did he have close to 100 yards rushing, but also had a big kick return for a touchdown as well. Um, so it's good to see him get involved and um, – you know, I definitely think they're going to need to be able to run the ball in this game to get the win because um, I think they're really going to struggle to throw it. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, Ole Miss's defense has played pretty well so far. Um, you know, definitely not great, but they've, they've been a pretty solid unit, um, especially against the run. They've kind of stepped their game up a little bit. You know, it seemed like last year they were giving up 300 yards a game on the ground, uh, only giving up a little bit over 100 so far this year. So, um, you know, definitely some huge improvement. Um, for that Ole Miss defense, you know, I definitely – I'm not trying to say that they're going to be that good all year, but, you know, that defense last year was giving up a ton of yards to – it didn't matter who they were playing. Like, this year they've looked like they've kind of uh, sealed up a little bit on that defensive line. Yeah, I'm still excited for this game. I don't know where I was saying this is a good game to come back to for a pick uh just because it is a true pick game. Uh, hold, is this where – Will Muschamp and South Carolina's wheels fall off against Missouri? Um, I mean, I just don't think that Missouri's defense is good enough to just show up and uh, win this game easily. I just – I really don't – I don't know how Missouri is a 10-point. Um, it really just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, we saw – Wyoming just run all over Missouri. Um, you know, it was, it's good that they bounced back and got the, you know, a couple of easy wins in a row against Southeast Missouri State and a West Virginia team that has a new coach and lost, like, their whole offense from last year. But um, I think South Carolina is going to be able to move the ball on Missouri pretty easily. And uh, I think this is going to be a, a little bit – I'm not going to say a like shootout, but definitely a pretty high-scoring game. Um, I'm not sure what the over-under is in this game. It uh, looks like it's about 61 and a half, so a little bit above average. I, I may take the over in that. And um, I would also not be surprised at all if South Carolina covered that spread. Um, but that being said, I don't expect South Carolina to win this game just because I don't trust um, their offense. You know, obviously a true freshman quarterback and Will Muschamp is the coach. But I feel like this is a chance to be a really crazy game and probably going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, this is um, – I think it'll be exciting to watch. I, I actually – I'm on the other side of you. Um, I think this is one that Missouri can win easily. Um, South Carolina actually didn't look too 
whole, too bad against Alabama. Um, or at least I didn't think they did. But um, I've been more impressed with Missouri after their week one loss. Um, their offense is really good, and I just think they have a little bit more edge at home to cover that nine-and-a-half-point spread. But I've been wrong before, so I'm not for sure. Um, have you been disappointed with Albert O's pr- production this year so far? I mean, I don't think it's really all on him. I just think it has to do with the offense and, you know, Getting tight ends involved is a lot harder than people think. Um, you know, it seems like every school in the country thinks like they should throw to the tight end more. Um, but it's just for some reason, it's just it's not always easy to get the tight end involved. Um, I guess for a lot of different reasons, especially when the defense is able to key on them. I know that that's your favorite guy. So, um, you know, I think it'll come around. I think they'll be all right. I'm not too worried about it. I mean, he hasn't done horrible. He's He only has 138 yards, which isn't super impressive. But he does have three touchdowns in three games, so I think that's uh, definitely good. But I mean, we were we were looking at some crazy. We were thinking about some crazy Alberto numbers this year. Um, but that's that was the complaint about um, Lane Kiffin and Alabama. They never threw to OJ Howard enough. I really wanted to see him get involved back in the day. They never did. You know, what's funny. It's it's like the exact same thing in the NFL now. Like they're like, why don't they're like, why don't you throw to OJ Howard more? And then the coach is like, well, I mean, like he's really good, but it's hard to get him involved, you know, yeah. and then, like, when he was at Alabama, it was, like, the same thing. I was like, well, why don't you throw him the ball more? A couple other – couple more SEC games before we do our pick on Holt. Uh, both of these should be um, pretty easy wins. LSU against Vanderbilt, easy win for LSU. Even though it's at Vanderbilt, it's another 11 a.m. game. And then San Jose State at Arkansas, another should be easy win for Arkansas, even though Arkansas struggled against some out-of-conference teams before – or some, I guess – uh, I don't know if San Jose State's FCS. I don't think they are. I just, no, uh, they're a divisional one, or at least they, they used to be, unless they changed. Mountain West, if I have that right. I'll also look them up. But yes, I do. I believe that they are. Yeah. And, man, that kind of sucks if you're a San Jose State fan listening to this podcast because we're really shitting on them to call them FCS, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, I know a lot of San Jose State fans do like to listen to the podcast, so they're probably going to be blowing up your Twitter at Bullship1. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, any either of these games, do you want to comment on more detail? I think Arkansas, you want to see them blow out San Jose State, get the easy wins that you can get this year because they're going to be hard to come by once you get into SEC play, even though they already lost to Ole Miss. And then LSU, I really just want to see Joe Burrow throw for four or 500 yards against Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah, well, that Vanderbilt defense has been uh, struggling uh, this year. They're really not having a good time so far. They're giving up over 330 passing yards a game. Um, another 175 on the ground. So but that's over 500 yards a game uh, for that. And uh, LSU's offense have been pr- able to pretty much do whatever they want. Um, you know, uh, the quarterback for Vanderbilt, Neal, has played a lot better those, these last couple of weeks, but – uh, I think against the LSU defense, it's going to be it's going to be tough. I wouldn't be surprised if this game is a little bit closer than you might think. You know, like twenty four points is a lot for a home team, but at the same time, um, I don't expect anything weird to happen here. I just expect it to maybe be a close game in the first half. Like, and when I say close game, I, I mean still like in control for LSU, but just a little bit closer than you might expect for like the first half, and then I think the second half LSU will run away with it. So like ten or fourteen to three or something like that in the first half. Yeah. So, question for you, Holt. Joe Burrow is like top five uh, quarterback in 
the NCAA right now in terms of yard total yards. Um, we've joked around about the Joe Burrow Heisman campaign. If he throws for 400 yards or even 300 more yards this game, when will people start taking him serious as a Heisman contender? I don't know if it'll be this game, but I think, I mean, the more he keeps throwing for 300 plus yards, I mean, you have to start taking him serious. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, they got to beat a couple good teams. They got to be a couple good defenses. Um, and I mean, honestly, like, I don't think he has any shot of winning the Heisman unless he has against Alabama. I mean, to me, like, if he doesn't have a big game against Alabama, he has no shot at the Heisman. Yeah, I mean, you you could you could theoretically have a good game against all the other teams like Auburn and A and M and Florida, and still yeah, still do well. But yeah, that that is because that's like almost well, that's like exactly what happened to Leonard Fournette. Is I mean, he was dominant like the yeah. whole year, except for the Alabama game where. He- they shut down, and then, like, that was enough for him to not win the Heisman Trophy, even though he was the favorite, like, all – like, the overwhelming favorite, yeah. like, all season. Yeah, and I think that's funny because that's when Derrick Henry won, I think, that year, too. Yeah, uh, it was. It's, it's funny because that could be exactly what happens this year is that Joe Burrow is, like, a, a, one of the leading candidates for Heisman, and then he doesn't show up against Alabama, and then Tua ends up winning it. Because Tua right now is still in there. If you had to do Heisman candidates, I think Tua would be – probably leading, but then you'd have to have Jalen Hurts in there, too. Jalen Hurts has better numbers than Tua, um, but people kind of discount him because he's at Oklahoma, and Oklahoma has that system offense going. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you could say the same for Alabama, though. Like, I mean, honestly, like, he puts the ball where it needs to be, but at the same time, those receivers do a lot of the work, too, and um, the play calling is really good, and, you know, there's just he's just put in, like, a really good position, you know what I mean? And it's hard to tell, like, how much of it is him, how much of it is the offense, how much of it is the receivers and all that stuff. So, um, it's just – it's hard to say. But, you know, Hurts and two are definitely two of the best quarterbacks in the country. And then I think you got to give some love to Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin. And, you know, I mean, there's – yeah, Colin Hill too. Um, but he'll get his chance. I'm not worried about that. I know he's going to show out in the big about game. Ch- China Hubbard at Oklahoma State? You know, I was actually trying to find a way to sneak that into the podcast. Uh, I found it. Uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't know much about China. I haven't seen him play yet, but uh, hopefully, I get to see him against Texas this week. He ain't played no SEC defense yet. It's um, That's right. It's funny because I I had time to delete that tweet, but I kind of was like you. I was like, well, you know what? I'm just gonna roll with it now because I think people already liked it. I'm just gonna keep on going with it. I don't even know if anybody cared because I think. People were just liking it because Colin Hill was in there too. So they're just like, oh, well, I guess we see that. We don't know who China Hubbard is, but it must be good. <laughs> He's leading the country. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, are you ready for pick em Holt? Dude, I'm ready. All right. Are you going to wake are up? You ready for me to bring, are you ready for me to bring uh, Mr. JB on? If you're, ready to, if you're ready to wake him up from the dead, I'm ready for him. All right. Let's do it. All right, I think we're ready for the week four picks. We got whole smash, and I think Mr. B. Brooks has even woken woken up from the dead. I have indeed. You're now your celebrity guest picker. Nice, nice to have you here. JB, we have 10 picks, uh, 10 games to pick this this week, as you know, because you did send them to me. And we're just going to kind of run through these. If you want to elaborate on them, you can, if you would like. We'll start with you, JB. Tennessee at Florida, your favorite team against Florida. This is a 14-point line in Florida's favorite, JB. 
Um, is Tennessee going to show improvement again for week four and beat Florida? I don't see it. Go Gator. I'm going to go with the Florida Gators here. Holt? Yeah, I got to go with Florida too. Uh, I mean, maybe this will be a close game um, just because Florida hasn't played that well and they got a freshman quarterback and Tennessee's gotten a little bit better every week and it's a rivalry game, but no, I still got to go with Florida in this one. Michigan at Wisconsin Hall. This is an exciting game. This could have been a game day if uh, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, or Notre Dame and Georgia weren't playing. Who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with Wisconsin in this one. Um, their defense has been dominant. Um, so definitely going to go with the, uh, the badges in this one. JB? I got to go with Wisconsin too. Mm. They are favored, but that's still. I don't. It might be a slight upset. I don't know. I don't know what, what you would call that one because it's a. Uh, it's probably a true pick'em game. Cal at Ole Miss. JB Ole Miss or Cal is number twenty three in the country. Well, um, I do like this Cal. Uh, Justin Wilcox has done a pretty good job, but I am. There is no but here. I am going to go with the uh, Cal Golden Bears to come in Oxford and beat Ole Miss. Hope Pac-12 does have more ranked teams in the top 25 than the SEC does. Does that make them better than Ole Miss here? Well, look, all I know is that I told you guys before the season that Cal was good, and you all looked at me like I had two heads. You all said Cal was like one of the worst teams in Power 5. Um, so I just want you to know, like, I don't appreciate that. And um, – I'm going to go with Ole Miss to win this one. It's it's funny how <laughs> – that's funny you face Ole Miss. It's funny how um, you're, you make sure we know when you are right, but we don't ever call you out for your wrong like your Missouri picks. Uh, Alex, I'm always right, so yeah, – True, true. You wouldn't have – Auburn at Texas A&M. Hold, if you do recall, this was the uh, coming out party for Auburn like four or five years ago when they had Nick Marshall – Yeah, I'm going to go Texas A&M in this one. Uh, they're going to stop the run. Uh, Auburn's offense is going to struggle in this one, and uh, A&M's going to get the win. Jimbo. JB. Got to go with A&M here. Gig them. No separation except for the Ole Miss game so far. Washington at Washington State. Wait, no, no, I have this one wrong. This isn't Washington BYU. I don't know why I wrote this. This is – is this you uh, – who is this? Let me Let me pick this one real quick. We'll go to the next one. And come back to the one. South Carolina at Missouri. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Missouri JB. here. Yeah, sorry. Missouri for JB. Hold, who you got? Yeah, I got Missouri also. I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to go with Missouri. All right, let's go back to the one where I mixed up, but I think I had it right all along. Washington at BYU. Hold. Oh, I got to go with Washington in this one. Uh, BYU's played really well these last <laughs> couple weeks, but they've also been really lucky. I think their luck runs out against Washington. JB? Uh, no separation between me and Hold here. I got to go with the Huskies. <sighs> Notre Dame at Georgia. JB? This seems too easy. Got to go with Georgia. Yeah, they, these are easy, JB. That's why I didn't, we should have picked the lines because some of these are a lot, a lot easier to Yeah, Georgia, they're going to run the ball all over Notre Dame in this one. All right, the next one we got is Kentucky at Mississippi State. Holt. Yeah, I got to go to Mississippi State in this one. They're at home. Uh, for some reason, they're like a touchdown favorite, but 
Um, I just think that the offense is going to bounce back a little bit this week. Tommy Stevens is going to have a big game, and Colin Hill is going to show out. JB, you brave enough to pick Kentucky here? I actually am brave enough. I'm going to go with Wildcats here. Ooh, I like that. Can you give me your reasoning? Um, I just don't really trust uh, Joe Moorhead right now. I Ooh. don't really know if he really has control of this team. And Kentucky's coming off a uh, heartbreaker. So I think they're going to bounce back this week. Valid concern, Holt? 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 Alex, say it again. Uh, I couldn't hear you. I said, was that a valid concern by JB for not trusting Joe Moorhead? Yeah. Are we picking Michigan State Northwestern? Because I'm definitely going Michigan State. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the one we're going to pick next. Michigan State Northwestern JB. I'm going to go with uh, Sparty here. Go with Michigan State. <laughs> go Memphis. Oklahoma State at Texas Holt. Uh, yeah, I'm going Texas. JB? Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to go with the Longhorns here. I really want to pick Oklahoma State, but with the game being in Austin, and Texas already having one loss this year. I'd really go to Texas. So the only separation games are Cal Ole Miss and Kentucky – Mississippi State, correct? And Ole Miss and Cal. So those yeah. are two games we have some separation. Yeah, yeah that's what I said. Uh, who's winning the, the year-to-date here? I am currently five games up on hold. Five? Holy shit. I thought y'all didn't even pick five games different. Yep, I'm five games up on them right now. All right. So we'll uh, we'll see if you can uh, field that lead or hold, make a strong comeback here two games here all right so uh thanks for listening so far to the podcast um excited to watch college football of course this week and excited to do the week four preview on sunday so again thanks for listening to us and follow us on twitter at sec slow smoke and we will see you later Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh, 